Hi there, it's Ed here with a short message before we start the pod this week. Did you know that our most informed investors get insights, articles and investment ideas from Tom, me and the team sent directly to them via email and it is completely free. You can join them. Just subscribe at fidelity.co.uk slash newsletters. In this week's market update, the investment glass remains half full as lower inflation and so far good earnings reports suggests the market rally could have further to go. The bull market just keeps climbing that wall of worry. Shares last week notched up another strong gain, with the S&P 500 up 2.4% and the tech-heavy Nasdaq index 3.3% higher over five days. The S&P is now up 18% year-to-date and Nasdaq by a whopping 36%. And it's not just the US that's on a roll. Japan is also 18% higher so far in 2023. The latest driver of that good news story was last week's impressive US inflation reading, showing that prices rose just 3% year-on-year in June. That's the lowest reading for two years, even if the core rate is coming down a bit less slowly than the headline rate, which is benefiting from more favourable annual comparisons. With inflation apparently under control, investors are now daring to think that US interest rates are at or close to their peak. And they're choosing not to look too closely at whether the rapid rise in rates over the past 15 months is going to lead to the recession that everyone's been waiting for. The yield curve, which has never lied in the past, is pointing to a sharp economic slowdown. It's just the timing that no one can agree on. But for now, that's next year's problem. Even stripping out the big outperformers in the index, principally those half a dozen or so big tech stocks, the equal-weighted S&P 500 index is now showing good momentum. That suggests that the rally is finally broadening out, a key determinant of whether the recovery since last October has legs. One key measure of whether we're in a bear market rally or the start of a bull market is now looking undeniably strong, Most bear market rallies peter out after regaining about 50% of the previous down leg. This time, the S&P 500 has retraced 73% of its losses. The index is only around 6% below its all-time high of 4,818. From the October low, the index is up 26%. That feels like more than a bear market rally, and it's caught many market participants on the hop. Most investors still say publicly that they expect a recession, but the very benign inflation figure and the prospect of the Fed taking its foot off the brakes means that the hoped-for soft landing for the economy now looks a distinct possibility. There are still plenty of naysayers. Bridgewater Associates, a big hedge fund, warned last week that the Fed is not going to cut, and it said it was still positioned for a tightening cycle. JP Morgan, in a mid-year roundup, also described the stock market performance as too good to be true. But that negative position looks increasingly painful and hard to justify. And often in these situations, increasing numbers of sceptical investors just lose the will to keep fighting the market. When they capitulate, the market can overshoot upwards. Much will depend on how earnings season pans out over the next few weeks. So far, it's so good. With only a handful of companies having reported, the scorecard is positive. About 80% of companies reporting so far have beaten expectations by an average of nearly 11%. It's a reminder of the situation three months ago, when expectations of an 8% decline in earnings at the start of results season 
were confounded by an actual delivery of a 3% decline. If the same thing happens in the next few weeks, that could provide the market with another tailwind. Then it will become a question of whether investors have already discounted that better performance. Since last autumn, the market has moved from being priced at 15 times expected earnings to about 20 times. That's quite an upward re-rating, but not out of line with other early-stage bull markets. In fact, if the outlook is as benign as investors are starting to think, then the multiple could move further to, say, 22 times earnings. And on the basis of average expected earnings of $240 for 2024, that could imply a further rally to about $5,300 for the S&P 500. The US seems to be in the sweet spot. Things are not so bright elsewhere in the world. Over in China, last week's unveiling of non-existent inflation, almost deflation, set the scene for today's disappointing second quarter GDP data. This showed just how flat the post-COVID recovery has been in China, with output growing by just 0.8% in the three months to June, as lower exports, weak retail sales, and a property sector on its knees held growth back. Year on year, the economy grew by 6.3%, higher than the government's target, but that was only due to a low comparison in 2022, when large cities like Shanghai were still in lockdown. The country seems to have been traumatised by its three years of restrictions, and the domestic slowdown has been compounded by less international trade, as high interest rates have weighed down demand for Chinese products in the West. Retail sales were up just 3.1% in June, compared with 12.7% in May. Meanwhile, unemployment is a problem, particularly among the young, with a new high jobless rate for young people of 21.3% in the second quarter. Property, which is such a key driver of growth in China, saw investment down 7.9% in the first half of the year. Here in the UK, the economy is also starting to look like an outlier for all the wrong reasons. In particular, our inflation experience is much worse than in the US, and we're notably slower than the rest of Europe too in bringing price rises under control. This Wednesday, we'll get the latest inflation data from the Office for National Statistics, And once again, these are expected to be disappointing. Even though the headline rate is penciled in at 8.2%, down from 8.7% last month, that's still four times the Bank of England's target. And the core rate, which leaves out movements in volatile measures like energy and food, is due to be unchanged at 7.1%. Faced with that persistent high inflation, it's inconceivable that the bank will not raise interest rates again in August probably by another 0.5%, which would take rates to 5.5%. At that level, interest rates are going to inflict real pain on homeowners with mortgages and also to renters to whom interest rate hikes are passed on in the form of higher rents or less availability or both. This week, a report from the Resolution Foundation think tank estimated that rising interest rates have driven the biggest ever fall in British households' aggregate wealth as a share of GDP. In some ways, this is a necessary adjustment, evening out some of the intergenerational wealth anomalies that have plagued the UK economy for years. But it represents a massive headwind for the UK growth outlook. Apart from the economic data this week, the key focus will be the first 
full week of earnings releases from companies on both sides of the Atlantic. The banks will continue to be in the spotlight after three of the biggest got earnings season off to a strong start last Friday. Rising interest rates were positive for banks, helping them to earn bigger profits in the gap between what they earn on their assets and what they pay out to savers on their deposits. The US banks in particular are benefiting from a widening gap in this so-called net interest margin. Elsewhere, attention is focused on the tech stocks, which have driven the market rally over the past nine months. This week, we get results from Tesla, Netflix and IBM. And finally, bonds. After a disappointing first half year as interest rates continue to rise, fixed income markets are bracing themselves for a wave of cash in the second half of the year and beyond. Announcing better than expected earnings and a recovery in assets under management, BlackRock last week said that much of the money that's poured into money market funds recently could be set for another shift into bonds. The trigger for that will be investors deciding that the tightening cycle has come to a close and interest rates will level out at their current high level or even start to fall. The total amount currently sitting in US money market funds is above $5 trillion, suggesting a potential flood of money could hit fixed income markets this year. Please be aware the value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, so you may not get back what you invest. This information does not constitute investment advice and should not be used as the basis for any investment decision, nor should it be treated as a recommendation for any investment. Investors should also note that the views expressed may longer be current and may have already been acted upon. Reference to specific securities should not be construed as a recommendation to buy or sell these securities and is included for the purposes of illustration only. Fidelity Personal Investing does not give personal recommendations. If you are unsure about the suitability of an investment, you should speak to an authorised financial advisor. This podcast may not be reproduced or circulated without prior permission. It is meant for UK residents and does not constitute an offer or solicitation in any jurisdiction in which it may be unlawful to make such an offer or solicitation. No statements or representations made in this podcast are legally binding on Fidelity or the recipient. Issued by Financial Administration Services Limited, authorised and regulated in the UK by the Financial Conduct Authority. Fidelity, Fidelity International, the Fidelity International logo and F symbol are trademarks of FIL Limited.